Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's a little bit of sports news for you. Butte is in the midst of their best start to a football season in a generation. And for the first time, the Bulldogs sit atop the Treasure State Media Prep football poll. Behind the peerless dual threat ability of future Montana State Bobcat Tommy Mallott at quarterback, the Bulldogs are off to their best start since 1991. They earned 19 of 28 first place votes this week and moved ahead of defending state champion Billings West for the first time this season. West is at number two. Missoula Sentinel remains at number three. Bozeman is at four while Helena Capital rounds out the top five. In Class A, Hamilton received 11 of 22 first-place votes to remain number one. Miles City, the only Class A team who was undefeated through six games, received eight first-place votes and is number two. Dillon came in third, Frenchtown is fourth, and Laurel is fifth. In Class B, Eureka had a first-place vote that they didn't get for the first time this season. Fairfield, that is. They did get. Uh, Fairfield didn't get the unanimous number one slot for the first time this season, but they are still number one with Eureka at number two. Manhattan is at three, Red Lodge four, and Malta breaks into the top five at number five. And finally, for the first time in franchise history, Washington Nationals are headed to the World Series. Nats posted a 7-4 win over the St. Louis Cardinals to complete a sweep in the National League Championship Series on Tuesday night. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Hour number two. One team is in the World Series, and one series isn't getting any closer to a World Series, and we'll tell you how that is. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour, go check it out on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Why are you laughing at me? We should ask each other trivia. Okay, but unless somebody calls us, 329-1899, call us. We got wings. Okay. I know everybody's out there not, they are all outside. That's yes. what everybody's doing. That is a fact. And I'm about to go outside to Grizz practice. It's going to be glorious. Um, Quickly, though, do want to cover this just on the baseball front. because We have to. They're going to the World Series. It was the, great. The, great. It was a stomping by the Washington Nationals. Well, it was. I mean, they, they go up 7 nothing 
Uh, I just mean the series in general. It was oh, over before right, you knew it. Right. 4 nothing sweep of St. Louis. I mean, who would have seen that coming? They go up 7 nothing in the first inning, and they do almost to the Cardinals what the Cardinals did to the Braves in that deciding game. Five scored 10 runs in the first inning against the Braves. Turns around, and they, they allow seven. Uh, uh, the starting pitcher, whose name escapes me for the, for the Cardinals, 15 pitches. All he got. And then uh, he was chased uh, in the first inning last night. The Cardinals give them a ton of credit. They came back. Coulter, they were down 7-4 and had the bases loaded in the eighth inning. I mean, they had the go-ahead run at the plate after having given up seven runs in the first inning, but couldn't get it done. And uh, you got to be happy for Washington. I mean, a, a franchise that hasn't been to the World Series since 1933, I think, and obviously never in their reintroduction to Washington, D.C. And, you know, you lose Bryce Harper and you think, okay, well, what do we got? Well, what you got is a World Series team a national league champion and uh, especially for a guy like scherzer who is just such the consummate competitor and loves it and is into it he was going ballistic last night uh you know in a night where he was not going to be pitching uh when when they got this thing done and so guys like that i mean you gotta you gotta pull for him it seems to me uh and disappointing certainly for st louis st louis overachieved this season by yep. getting to the NLCS, except for the fact that the Cardinals go to the NLCS at least every other year. <laughs> so there's that. But but nonetheless, you get to this point, and then to get swept is definitely a, you know a disappointing end to it, but a very good season for the Cardinals uh, in the main. The uh, other series, the ALCS, Houston won yesterday, so they've now won back-to-back games. They're ahead two games to one. Game four postponed, moved back to tomorrow. Weather expected to be horrendous in uh, in the Big Apple. They said, we're going to not even bring this circus out tonight. So no baseball tonight, and then uh, the ALCS will reconvene tomorrow. We will have that for you here on ESPN Radio at the end of uh, Two Tell Nuances. We will get that going. Uh, all right, Coulter, you, I'm going to keep my trivia. You give me your trivia if you would like to ask me some questions because I know you're all excited over there. I have not looked at these. People wonder if we, if I'm like, you know, looking up answers to your questions. And now I'm not, I'm not going to say I've never done it, <laughs> but I've done it maybe twice. I usually shoot this thing very, very straight. So I've not seen uh, your questions at all here. So go ahead. What do you got? The, uh, okay, number one. Hold on, I'm just checking my... Oh, we have a caller. Oh, okay. Oh, you want to do it? Okay. All right. All right. Well, if we have a caller, let's go ahead and take him Shane. in. Shane. Shane, come on. Come on down the aisle. Shane, how you doing? Oh, not too bad at all. How about you guys? Good. You were about to hear all the answers, but now you're just going to hear the questions, and I'm still going to be as confused as you on all this, okay? <laughs> so here's the deal, yeah. Shane. We got three uh, questions for you, and uh, Coulter's going to ask them for you. I will be your lifeline if you need help on one of these. All you got to do is get two of them right. You get two of them right, you go into the Desperado Sports Tavern to get a basket of wings. Have you been to the Desperado, Shane? That I have. Oh, it's glorious. It's glorious. Okay, and then if you get all three, you're going to get a shirt as well, okay? Sounds like a plan. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, Shane, here we go. Question number one from Coulter, which will be as new to me as it is to you. All right, what do we got, Coulter? All right, Shane, number one. Who did the Montana Grizzlies defeat to win the 1995 Division I AA National Championship? That would be Marshall. Look at that. Right out the gates, one Very for one. Very good. Then we lost the next year, too. Yeah. We did indeed. Didn't, the Montana didn't lose to Marshall. Let's be clear. They lost. To, <laughs> they got mossed. Fair. That Marshall team was about to transition to the FBS. Yep. It wasn't just Randy Moss. They had a Landis Gary. Chad Pennington. They had Chad Pennington, who yep. actually wasn't the starter. He was the backup to a transfer from Florida whose name escapes me at this moment, but he was a SEC drop-down. They had a Landis Gary who went on to rush for 1,000 oh, yards yeah. again, uh, for the Denver, Denver. Broncos. Yep. And they had Troy Brown, who was a Super Bowl MVP. So not a bad... And, and Randy Moss. And, and Randy Moss to the tune of, I think, three touchdowns in uh, that game. Maybe four. I'm not, I think four. I think it might have been four. Anyway, uh, very good. They did get it the, the first time around there in 95. So very good. Uh, All sure. right. All right, here we go. Question All right, two. number two. Who did Montana defeat in the 2001 National Championship game? I remember sneaking away from my wrestling duel to go watch some of this when they beat Furman. Furman is Look correct. At that. Very good. The Paladins. <laughs> Where were you wrestling at, Shane, if I might ask? I think I was in Polson. 
Okay. So you, and, you know, the officials and some of the coaches were sneaking away to a back room, so I went and figured it out. Were you uh, were you a student that was on the wrestling team, or are you what were you doing at that? Yeah. You, okay, okay. So you're actually participating in the thing and said, okay, I, I got some I time loved their wrestling, matches. you know, the they're wrestling the 112 class, and I was 189. So I had a few minutes. There you go. Mm, good, good. Shane, fantastic. Fan. Love it. Hey, that's wings, my friend. You've done it. Very well done. You didn't even use a lifeline. Here we go. Question number three. All right, number three. Who did Montana State defeat to win the 1984 National Championship? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> asking me questions before I was born. Let me think here. I Do you have any idea? You know, I was born, but only barely. And I am... I don't have a good feeling on this one, Shane. I must tell you. Mm. Why don't you say Furman? <laughs> I don't think it was. Uh, I think it was one of the you know one of the teams that wasn't. It's not one of the traditional con- like '90s and further on powers. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Can you give me like a region or something? I'll tell you this: This team did shortly move up to the uh, what is now known as the FBS. Shortly after, mm. they're a Southern team. Could it be Georgia Southern? Nope. They didn't move to like the 2000s. Though. Yeah, that's right. true. I don't even know if they had a team actually in the '84 Georgia Southern. They might have. They did. Georgia State, I guess, is the new one. Yes. All right. What do you think? What do you think? Give it a give it a guess, there, Shane. I think it's one of the ones that wins a lot, so Louisiana Tech. Wow. He gets it. Nails it. You're Louisiana Tech. Me. For the shirt. Gotta love it. There we go. Louisiana Tech. My brother wins. will be so proud. I love it. Very well done. Shane, excellently done, my friend. Give your information to, to David in the back. We'll get you set up with all the goodies, all right? All right. All right, boys and girls, that's how you do it on a wing it Wednesday. We'll do another one towards the end. But next, Andy Thompson, the Sacramento State defensive coordinator and former University of Montana Grizzly football player, also former NAU defensive coordinator for a long time. He is the subject of our ESPN roundtable right here in the middle of the week when Montana State played Sac State last Saturday. Montana plays him this Saturday. A former Grizz now on the staff joins us next. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Well, happy now to uh, welcome into the ESPN Roundtable the defensive coordinator of the number 15 team in the nation, the Sacramento State Hornets, former Grizz football player and a longtime D.C. as well uh, at Northern Arizona, Andy Thompson on the show. Andy, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. You guys do a great job covering 
the Big Sky Conference. So pleasure to be on. Well, we appreciate that. We're happy to do it. We enjoy doing it. And and let's start with that uh, Big Sky Conference because Sacramento State was a team coming into this year with a you know first year head coach and Coach Taylor and and and, and a new staff uh, in you know that you obviously assemble, including yourself. That. You know, when you have a guy like Kevin Thompson, I think people think, okay, you know, this this team certainly has some guys, George Obina, of course, as well, uh, that can really play. But what are they going to do on the field? And what you have done really this entire season, including last week's uh, just dismantling of Montana State, has been really impressive. What what to you has been special about the first half of this year? Why have you been so successful already? Oh, I think, uh, first off, our players have done a great job, and uh, they've really bought into everything that we've tried to coach him um, and been very coachable. Um, I think Coach Taylor's done a great job of putting together a great staff. feel very lucky to be a part of the staff. And um, I think just in general, our guys prepared really well for the season. Uh, they, they worked really hard um, last winter and in the summer and, and then through fall camp. And, and then they've come in and done a good job each week preparing for every opponent. So um, been very uh, – very happy with um, everybody's preparation each week. It's been great. As a guy that's been in the Big Sky Conference for two decades now, what was your impression of Sacramento State before you became a coach there? What did you think of the place and just the potential? Um, my impressions were, you know, for a long time, um, didn't know if they, you know, had the funding um, when they moved to FCS football mm-hmm. um, compared to the other schools. Um, didn't know much about Sacramento, hadn't spent much time here. Um, knew that there was always um, some good coaches and good players that had, had uh, coached there and, and played there. They were always um, very, very competitive um, a lot of years. Um, but didn't know as much about it, but I uh, knew definitely um, the area because I have recruited Northern California. That there was a lot of good high school players up here, and uh, they definitely could uh, – see it as being a, a great place to uh, to coach. You know what I know about Sacramento? The Deftones. That's what <laughs> I know about Sacramento, California, and thank you very much for them because uh, well, they've been an important part of my life for decades, too. Uh, Andy, when, when it comes to this past weekend, you know, Sacramento State has been a program that's building. I know that you guys believe in it, uh, obviously, and, and and the potential of what it could be, but potential is only potential, you know. Until you then you got to do it. You go on the road to the number six team in the nation, and really a very good and very talented Montana State team. And you had your way with Montana State this weekend. What what did you do? What was the preparation like to go against a team that is frankly very one dimensional, but is elite at that dimension in the running game and really forcing thirty pass attempts almost in this game Saturday. Um, I think we didn't do anything different than we ever, we ever do really each week. We played some really good opponents, um, played two really good teams on the road in Arizona state and Fresno state. Um, so I think we approached it the same way we always do. We try to look at what they do really well and, and try to you know, try to take that away. And then, um, they got a lot of other things they do well. They throw the football well, uh, at, at times. Um, and they did that on Saturday to us. Um, so I don't think I don't think we changed a bunch of things other than we really knew some of their key guys that had a lot of touches and tried to concentrate, you know, on doing a good job with our fundamentals of tackling those guys. And, um, more than anything, um, we're on our team. We just want to hold up our end of the bargain. We got a great offense. We got good special teams. Um, I think, you know, being a part of a, a great team is is trying to do your part every time. So I think on the defensive side of the ball, we were. We were trying to do that and get some stops so we could get the ball to the offense as many times as we could, um, hoping that they would do the, the same things they've done all year. Andy Thompson, veteran coach in the Big Sky Conference, defensive coordinator at Sacramento State, joining us on this week's ESPN Roundtable. And, Andy, one thing that Jeff Choate said yesterday at his press conference, which, which I thought was very interesting, he said, all year long, when it's been been a physical game, we've been able to use our physicality to outlast teams, just to out-physical them. And he said, I think that Sacramento State punched us in the mouth and we didn't really know how to react. It didn't go how we thought it was going to go, I think was his specific line. So what can you say just about the physicality of your team? Because Montana State, especially up front on both sides of the ball, one of the most physical teams in the Big Sky Conference, but you guys went toe-to-toe and, and probably even won that element of the game on Saturday. 
I think, yeah, I think as a defense, um, we were physical on Saturday uh, against a lot of things that they did. Um, I think we played with good pad level, and that's what everybody talks about when they're talking about physicality is playing low and playing square and, and doing a good job of tackling in the run game. And I thought our guys did an excellent job of that for a lot of the game. Um, I thought, you know, our, our secondary did a good job um, of tackling. And they have some big, big kids running the ball sometimes, especially Anderson. And those aren't easy tackles in the open field. And I thought we found a way to get them on the ground and give ourselves a chance to, to uh, play another snap of defense. Um, obviously, the goal line stand was um, was a big part of the game there from our defensive line and our secondary. Um, and so, yeah, I was very pleased with how physical we played. I think our guys um, take pride in that. Um, they're doing a good job of, of of stopping the run and rushing the passer. And also, you know, our secondary and linebackers do a great job uh, of filling off of those guys. So definitely was pleased with how physical we played. The defensive staff at Sac State is interesting because you guys, several of you, yourself, Craig Paulson, the defensive line coach, Cherokee Valeria, the secondary coach, you guys all have so much experience in the Big Sky Conference just at different schools. How much has that helped you guys just in transitioning to being on Troy Taylor's staff and when now you're when you're in the heart of league play, you know, preparing for opponents that you already have familiarity with since you guys have been around the league so long? Um, I, I think we definitely have some, maybe can answer some questions if somebody knows you know where the game's at you know, um, but most people can look that up. Um, but no, I think we we know the conference as far as uh, some of the teams and and what they've done and and you know what it maybe takes to to have some some good teams in the Big Sky. But I think our coaches that even haven't coached in the Big Sky are very knowledgeable um, and do a great job. I think the big thing is we're working well together. I love having Coach Bolson and Coach Cherokee, the guys you mentioned. Um, Jerry, Jeremy LaPan is also a guy that played at the University of Montana. He's mm-hmm. our special teams coordinator. Um, uh, Tyler Osborne's dad coached a long time ago in the Big Sky. But we have quite a few um, you know, connections to it. Um, but more than anything, it's just how we interact with our players and how um, hopefully we get them excited to play each week. And Because the players, we don't get to go out there and, and, and take any snaps anymore. Um, as much as I, I still think it would be a lot of fun, um, our players are doing it. So a lot of the credit should go to those guys. They do a great job of, of getting prepared and going each week. You know, it's interesting uh, with, with Coach Taylor there, Andy, because he he's a guy who is – such a great coach at the high school level, and then goes on and is, is hugely successful offensive coordinator both at Eastern Washington and then of course at Utah. But his first time being a head coach, uh, you know, at the FCS level, he's compiled quite a staff. What is it about him and his reputation that so many guys, including yourself, said, "Yeah, you know, that's a guy that I think I'd like to go, you know, coach for and coach with." Oh, I think he's a tremendous person first and foremost. Um, very caring, um, very detailed, very smart. Um, if you're around him for more than uh, you know two or three minutes, you're like, this guy really understands people. Um, I think he's done a great job of being caring but demanding. Um, I think we hold our kids to a, a high standard, but they know that we love them, um, and that's what he preaches, love. That's our, that's our uh, program motto, that we're going to love everything we do. We're going to love being around each other. We're going to love... Um, going to school and getting the opportunities you do. Um, and he doesn't want people to fear him. Um, and I think uh, just that message is is very powerful. Um, and I think a lot of uh, the staff um, wanted to, to be around him because he had been so successful at different levels as a player, being an NFL quarterback, um, coached at Cal early in his career. He's just been successful everywhere he's been. And it's because he's um, such a good person. I know he's a family man. Um, he's got three kids, so that was important to me. His son, you know, is a water boy along with my son every day at practice. And so it's a good environment um, to raise your children around. Um, and I just think he treats people really well. It's easier to tell this kind of thing when the the guys that are called and the players are on the sidelines. But you guys have both play callers on the sidelines, which I think is, is great. It's atypical. But uh, I think it's awesome. I think you guys can engage with the kids so much. But watching Troy call plays on Saturday, he just looks like he's having so much fun. And it, it reminds me of a couple other guys that I've seen throughout the years in the league. Uh, but, you know, just watching him compete, you can tell he gets a, a, a definitely a competitive buzz off of 
calling plays in the line of fire. And I thought his comment in the Sacramento Bee yesterday article about you guys getting ranked for the first time since 2011, he said, it's a game. It's not a grind. And I thought that was so yeah. refreshing because so many guys treat it like such a grind, and it seems like Coach Taylor's just having so much fun. How much fun is it to work for a guy that likes to have so much fun like that? Yeah, no, he, he it's great. It's a lot of fun to be around. and um, You know, he's very well prepared, so I think he's very confident when he's calling plays because he prepares a lot in the offseason. He prepares every day. Um, and people that are very prepared, you know, are more confident. And I think that's the thing about him is he does a great job of getting everybody to know exactly what we need to do. And then let's have some fun doing it um, because it is a game and it's a game that everybody got into because they loved it. And um, he definitely wants us and he wants the players to, uh, you know, feel that way all the time. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Andy Thompson joining us. He's the defensive coordinator at Sacramento State, former University of Montana football player, and uh, been a coach in the Big Sky for uh, quite a number of years now. And obviously, the uh, the road gets no easier for Sacramento State. You guys, I mean, I, I think honestly, have the the most difficult conference schedule of anyone in the Big Sky. When you look at uh, stem to stern, the road that Sacramento State has to go through uh, this conference uh, schedule. So now when you have Montana come into town, there's so much to talk about here. But what I want to know first is you've played Montana plenty of times as a former Grizz, as, but as an opposing coach. How is this one different, especially now with Bobby Houck maybe back as the head coach at University of Montana? Oh, I think Coach Houck's done a great job. Their skill positions are very talented. They're big up front like they always are. Um, I haven't watched a ton of their defense, so I, I couldn't comment on that side of the ball. Um, I have watched their offense a lot, and I think the the thing that makes them so good is they're they're not uh, a team that you can just key on one skill player. They have all five guys that are involved, and then you have a quarterback that can run, he can pass. Um, so it presents a lot of problems because they're so balanced in everything that they do. Um, they got great wide receivers on both sides. They got a slot receiver, obviously that's one of the best that's played at that school. Um, so I, I just think they're very balanced. I think they're very well coached. Coach Rosenbaugh's been doing it for a really long time. Coach Pease has been doing it. Coach German was there when I was there and is a really good coach. Um, coach Green is a, is a good friend, and I know how well he recruits. Um, and so they have a really good staff, and they've got a really nice um, group of players that are playing at a really high level. level. I mean, the quarterback's buddy has been the player of the week three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm, um, they yeah. didn't get to play last week, but that's uh, that's pretty incredible feat right there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of weird to have almost two reigning players of the week playing each other because <laughs> right. uh, uh, Dalton had yeah. it and then a bye and then, of course, Kevin Thompson. But I'd like to ask you, though, about Dalton Sneed specifically because so often it's easy to look at the skill guys, especially the receivers at Montana. But Dalton Sneed, what is it that stands out to you when you are scheming it up to go against him? What does he do well or the best maybe to you? What, what, what really do you have to deal with? Well, I think just – you know, before you even talk about his skill set, he just seems like such a tremendous leader. He's diving after balls. He's diving for first downs. He seems like really their uh, their heart and soul of their their team. I think he's really um, looks well prepared. Um, knows where to go with the football. Um, he does a great job of of you know changing the play at the line and getting his offensive line in in rhythm. And then I think the other part about him, you know, and you're dealing with a really a, a veteran quarterback is. He understands what the defense is trying to do, um, and so he makes a lot of really good decisions. And then his skill set is he's got a really, really strong arm, um, especially throwing the ball to the wide flat. 
You know, a lot of quarterbacks won't even do that. He throws the ball all over the field, so he makes you defend it wide, and then he can throw the ball deep, and they've done a really good job of connecting on a lot of big plays. Um, and so they're just they're, they're rolling right now. Uh, it's going to be a great test for our defense, and um, I really think they're playing as well as any offense in the country. You've been on the, around the league long enough to know that sometimes there's just these absolutely special players on the outside. I mean, from Cooper Cup to Keelan Doss to Emmanuel Butler, guys that quite literally, if they are healthy and, and they're rolling, you can't stop them. Montana seems like they have a couple of those guys, mainly Sammy Akem, number 18. Against Idaho State, you know, Montana's down 17 nothing, and they just isolated Akem on the wide side of the field and just threw him the ball over and over and over again. He had eight catches for 104 yards in the second quarter alone in that game. And that really sparked their comeback. When you're watching him on film, how big of a challenge is he, especially just given his his natural physical talents? Oh, I think he's very good. Yeah, he's physical. He's, he catches the ball at all levels. They run a bunch of different routes. Sometimes a big guy like that, you know, you'll just get him on certain routes, but they bring him on under routes. Um, they throw it to him, you know, curls. They run hitches with him. They run fades. So definitely a huge challenge. Um, and, again, if you put too many people over there, they have the guy – on the other side, number eight, that's really fast, made a lot of good catches, throw, you know, runs really well down the field. Um, so, yeah, it'll present a big challenge. You know, Andy, you got some dudes on your defense, though, that are pretty good as well, and there's plenty of names, but I guess maybe the guy who stands out the most, George Obina, had four tackles, three of them for loss, two of them sacks on Saturday against Montana State. What do you got, Big George, standing there, you know, uh, uh, pass, rushing the passer and just doing what he does on the defensive line? What kind of disruptive force is he? Oh, he's, he's very good. Uh, we joke he looks like the mannequin that's sitting up in our office. Sometimes, yeah. You know, the guy's other um, big guy. Um, he's done really well. And Coach Polson has done a great job, uh, you know, coaching him and getting him playing. I think we got a lot of other guys, too, that play really hard, really well. Um, George has done a good job with his sacks, and he'll continue to do that. That's something that he loves. Um, but, you know, you got to get him in those situations also. So I think our defensive tackles have done a great job. I think Wyatt Jones done a great job. I think Erickson's done a great job. Um, I think, again, our secondary and our linebackers have made a lot of plays to get them into situations where George would tell you now he can go do what he does, um, which is rush the passer. Um, he's also done a good job in the run game. So, I do think it's a collective group, but it is it is definitely great having Georgia Bina on our defense. No need to show your hand in terms of the specific schematic stuff that you guys are doing. What are doing. you talking about? <laughs> Give it all to us here. You really get lay it out. It's like Bobby Echo says, game plan question, next. No, yeah. but I, I want you to talk about calling defensive plays in the big sky in general. How has your defensive philosophy evolved, and what do you think of just being a defensive play caller in college football in general, because it just seems like the offenses are at such an advantage right now. So how have your theories and philosophies changed? Oh, I love, I love calling defense. I love coaching. Um, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's a challenge every week. Um, going from, you know, the Arizona state running back who was, you know, led the PAC 12 last year to, to Fresno state to Northern Colorado's quarterback, being one of the all time passers there um, to, Southern Oregon had a receiver that was really good. I think he's going to probably be in the NFL. Um, I mean, I could go down the line of guys that we faced already, and then um, Montana State, all the all the guys they had last week. And I think it's a great challenge. It's a lot of fun. I think our guys like playing defense. We like to play defense. Um, as far as the philosophy, I mean, it doesn't really change. You always want to, you know, you either want to stand there and let people hit you, or you want to go attack them. Um, not really into standing around uh, my personality with my guys <laughs> if i tell you we want to go attack people and you can attack people with a lot of different ways um three-man rush four-man rush five-man rush six-man you name it there's a lot of different ways to do it the key is hopefully your kids are confident in what they're doing so that they can attack and um, we try to get them as a defensive staff each week to do that What's the dynamic like? Because you were for Jerome Sowers for so long, and Jerome's a defensive-minded guy. He was the defensive coordinator at Montana for a decade-plus, and I know that he really handed it off to you, but you guys worked kind of together. What's it like now working for an offensive-minded coach, a guy that is uh, you know, that, that is the primary play caller on offense and has such an offensive philosophy? 
I think I've learned a lot from both. I learned a lot from Coach Sowers. I thought he was was great and helped me develop a ton um, in every walk of being you know a coach on defense or offense. And Coach Taylor has been very similar. We've talked a lot of football, and we actually lived together for three months when I first got here. And it was actually six of us in the house. Wow, um, living with, with your no boss, full move. <laughs> yeah. So I met the guy uh, first time I met him was here. Then we moved in two days later. So. Um, we got to know each other really well. We ate a lot of meals together. And so I feel like I've learned a lot of football from him. He's got a vast knowledge of of different schemes and different things and way to do things. So um, I think that's that's the great part of football is it brings you together with so many different people and you can learn so much um, about football but also life. And I think I've learned a lot from definitely those two people and um, very thankful for my time at, at both places. Andy Thompson joining us, defensive coordinator of Sacramento State. Sacramento State hosting the University of Montana in a top 15 in the nation matchup, 7 o'clock kickoff night game uh, at Sacramento State. That's 7 o'clock mountain, Andy. I know it's 6 there. I don't want you to be late for the game, you know. Um, yeah, I gotta, I'll got. i be ready. Okay, I, I, I bet you do know when the kickoff is. That's good. Uh, you know when you're watching a game as a fan or even covering it with the media and stuff like that, sometimes it's obvious you can see when a kid has made a mistake and the fault is on the player. But a lot of times it's sort of hard to tell and assess whether, whether uh, you know, if something goes awry, whether a kid made a bad play or whether, you know, the, the, the scheme wasn't exactly what it should have been. Is it hard to tell that as a coach or is it easy to know, hey, that's on me or us as a coaching staff or, hey, that's on you, you got to fix that? And how do you go about trying to, uh, you know, self-scout as a coach about what you guys are doing and then also understand, hey, when it's just a player who who who, who wasn't in the spot he was supposed to be in? That's a great question. I don't think I've gotten that one before. Um, you know, I think you have to, as a coach, um, definitely admit when you – we're wrong. I can definitely think of one, you know, when Eric Barrier scrambled for 92 yards because we brought a blitz, and that was probably not my best call of my career. <laughs> um, um, but you're going to live and learn, and I, you know, I told the players that, you know, that it wasn't a great call by me. Um, you know, if he had moved five feet to the right with the unblocked blitzer, then it would have been a good call. Um, so I think you, as a play caller, you know, you're always trying to, you know, put your players in the best situation. I think your players are always trying to make plays. There's no one out there going, God, I'm going to screw this up because I want to do that. Um, we put in way too many hours and, and effort that no one's trying to do things. Um, I think the big thing is do you, do you make the same mistakes constantly? And as a coach, I'm really – trying not to make the same mistake twice. And I hope my players are the same way. They don't want to make the same mistake twice because um, then we're not getting any better. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's a huge part of, of each week and each part on Saturday. And I'm definitely not a robot. I get a little emotional once in a while and then got to get back and, you know, coach the guys up and, and move on from the play. You can't let one play, you know, linger for a whole drive, especially how fast these guys are going on offense. You know, you'll give up. 21 points if you keep dwelling on a, on a snake. I believe I've got this right. Your last year, your senior year at the University of Montana was Bobby Houck's first year as the head coach. Yeah. Yep. What do you remember? Now, I know he was on staff. What do you remember about playing for Bobby Houck in that season? Oh, I mean, I had he was the third head coach that I played for. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he had Coach Glenn before that. Um, Pretty much the I same guy, Glenn, right? Joe Glenn, Bobby Houck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're cutter. a little different on some things, <laughs> but um, you know, I really enjoyed Bobby. I thought Coach Houck was um, really good to, to myself, um, and I thought he, you know, he had a different style, but he really cared about his players. He definitely tried to help me numerous times um, when I was getting done playing, trying to help me get into the profession of coaching. Um, you know, I've I've kept in touch with him throughout the years on, on different things um, throughout coaching. And, um, you know, my senior year, it was we had a lot of guys coming back and we had some injuries. Craig Oaks had, had an ankle injury and we were having some, you know, kind of a crazy season. Um, but I thought he, he did a really good job of getting everybody focused and uh, keeping things going. And we made the playoffs. And fortunately, we lost in an overtime game um, at home. But um, I, I have great memories of my time at University of Montana and Coach Houck. Well, last question for me, speaking of the past University of Montana, Craig Paulson's a guy that was 
an excellent defensive coordinator at UM, 2003-2009 on Bobby Houck's staff. Now he's coaching defensive line there. We talked about just your guys' familiarity with the Big Sky Conference, but Coach Paulson, I, I remember just watching him coach when I used to go to practices, and he's a, he's such a unique guy. He unintentionally funny, certainly, because of just the way he is and how hard he coaches guys. But watching your guys' mm-hmm. D-line last week, man, they play so hard, and you can tell – Coach Paulson's had a huge influence on them. So what sort of elements has he brought to your staff? And what's that like having such a veteran guy who's been a D.C. for so long uh, coaching on your staff with you? No, it's, it's great. Yeah, I had Coach Paulson as a freshman when he was a D coordinator, and then he left, and then he came back, and he was my position coach as a, as a senior. Um, and then same thing, you know, helped me get my first job at Eastern Oregon, one of the coaches he knew. So got me into the profession. You know, he had three boys. Um, and it was raising a family, and I thought that was really cool that he could be a college coach, be successful, and also have a family. Um, and then when this opportunity came up with the defensive line, I just remember thinking um, he got me so prepared as a player um, to play in game um, that, man, I would love to have our kids have the same opportunity that I got. And, uh, and, and then obviously he's got so much knowledge. He's been a coordinator for, you know, I think 20-plus years. Um and so it was a great opportunity for me to learn and, and have somebody on the staff that was familiar, like you said, with the big sky. He does a really good job with the defensive line. He also helps a lot with what we do um, on defense. He's a good resource for me, He's a really good resource for our whole staff, um, and we're very lucky to have him. And I, I think he's brought a lot uh, on the field and also off the field um, uh, to the program. Andy, last question for you. A lot of times, new coach, new coaching staff takes over, and it's kind of a building process. But Sacramento State, you're good right now. What are the expectations for this season for your for your football team? Oh well, the, you know, I don't know if we have you know an expectation of we want to be our best. I mean, when you're coaching and playing, you want to get the most out of everything that you can do. But I think that's always the number one goal. Are we are we playing as well as we can play, and we're always aiming you know, the play for that perfect game and along the way hopefully we'll be really good or excellent. Um, so it doesn't really change. Um, Coach Taylor, we just look at the next opponent. And that's what we kind of do every week. And, you know, this week we got a really good one. Um, and so we'll keep doing that. Um, so we don't really look too far ahead. It's really, uh, you know, Coach, uh, I thought this was great. He told me, hey, every, every practice is like the Super Bowl for coaches. That's a chance where we get a chance to go out and make the players better. Um, because when we get to the game, they, they either know it or they don't know it. Um, so every day uh, is the Super Bowl. So today, when we get out there at 3.30, we'll be ready to go and try to get these guys prepared. Sacramento State, Montana, Saturday night, number 15 versus number 5. It's going to be great. Andy Thompson, the defensive coordinator of the Sacramento State Hornets with us on the ESPN Roundtable. Andy, thanks so much. Thank you, and really appreciate it. Again, we've got a lot of family in, in Montana, and I know they're – Hopefully listening and, and uh, you know, always anxious to come back in the summer and be around Missoula. It's a great place and enjoy your guys' show. So appreciate you having me on. There you go. Andy Thompson, ESPN Roundtable Defensive Coordinator for the Sacramento State Hornets, and they got that thing rolling right now. We appreciate him very much. The ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula on the south end of town near the intersection of Brooks and Reserve, a great space, a number of different spaces, multiple rooms, uh, indoor, outdoor. You can sit on the deck. Beautiful evening for it right now if you're looking for something to do outside. Also got the gazebo kind of sitting like you're sitting on the window car in the of, of the train when you're traveling cross country. Great spaces over at Paradise Falls, an updated menu, and 18 rotating beer tap handles, a late happy hour, half-off appetizers, $3 draft beers, 30 different televisions, all with ESPN3 capabilities, so you can watch all of the obscure sports or maybe the lower level, call it FCS football, that you might be interested in. They got it at Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, 3621 Burke Street. They've been there a long time. If you haven't been or if you haven't been in a while, get in. Paradise Falls is Missoula's coolest hot spot. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. 
Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Good evening. FBS football. It's getting interesting right now, isn't it? It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon, a beautiful Wednesday that it is. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios. Coulter is out. He went down to uh, practice to get a couple of players. So it's uh, it's you and it's me, boys and girls. So let's uh, wrap this thing up together. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Celia online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. The Tutel Nuwana's podcast. There, thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Please. Be just a gem, would you? Rank that thing, subscribe to it, review it. We appreciate all that stuff. You can also check out the FCS Speculators podcast. Our brand new podcast is going to be out tomorrow, uh, episode four of the FCS Speculators podcast. Some great guests on that going through uh, the Big Sky Conference against the spread and totals and some premier games in the FCS and even the FBS as well uh, at the end of that thing. So you can go check it out. Want to remind everybody, starting next week, really excited about this. We got the giveaway of the season coming to you a kegerator and a keg how about that i mean it wouldn't you know the appliance is great but what is it without the beer in it well we got them both for you kegerator from fred's appliance a keg from great burn brewing we're going to start the word of the day on monday so make sure you're right here we will give out the words you will text them in we will have a grand time and somebody is going to walk away in this autumnal season very very happy so you're welcome in advance uh for that Hey, the uh, college football rankings uh, have had a slight change. I don't know if you're aware of this in the uh, AP poll. Alabama is number one. They have been this whole time. You know who's number two? Not Clemson. How about that? The LSU Tigers, after a convincing win, a big win over Florida, a very good Florida team that they still handled their business with uh, Saturday in Death Valley, the LSU Tigers are the number two team in the country, followed by Clemson and then Ohio State. By the way, all four of those teams getting first-place votes. Pretty evenly, too. 30 to Alabama, 12 to LSU, 11 to Clemson, and 9 to Ohio State. Now, this is what I like about these polls, which I used to hate. But these polls now, they'll move teams around. It used to be that just because, in like in virtue of where you were slotted in the preseason or after the first week or two, you kind of held your spot unless you lost. But now they are rewarding teams based on the way they look, based on their really good wins, and moving them around somewhat accordingly. And I think this is great. Is LSU better than Clemson? I don't know. But their resume is better. And the way they've looked has been better. And uh, and and again, that win on Saturday against uh, against Florida, who's also a very good team. By the way, Florida dropped from seven to nine, so it's not like they fell precipitously by any stretch. But 
that's a huge win, and you should move up three spots in the poll if you beat a top seven team the way that they did, it seems to me. The other thing that I love about this is that it doesn't matter anymore. It literally does not matter. The AP poll, the coaches poll, by the way, Clemson's still number two in the coaches poll for what it's worth. Those polls are 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 just for fun, just sort of a weekly take a peek at it and see where we're at. So you could put a number uh, adjacent to it on college game day on Saturday morning. But the uh, the big poll, the college football playoff poll, doesn't come out till November. So we're still about three weeks away from that thing coming out. And what I like about that poll is that it's honest. But you got like ten people sitting around eight eight ten people sitting around deciding who they think is the best regardless of any of these other polls and also not with not with historical bias and what i mean by that is it's hard to take alabama out of the number one spot when they've been the number one spot and they're undefeated but just because they're there doesn't necessarily mean that they should be and by the way i'm not saying that they shouldn't be but the ap poll is going to be very hard to remove alabama from that number one spot unless they lose whereas in this new college football bowl, you can take a body of work from the first, I don't know, 10 weeks of the season and make a determination about what, about how good each resume is and just how good each team has looked and slot them in accordingly and have an open conversation and debate about that. And Alabama may very well be the best team in the country and maybe very well should be ranked number one, but not just because they're there. They will have to have done enough on the field. And by the way, by the 10th week, you will have enough film, right? You will have seen over half of the conference schedule to say nothing of the non-conference schedule of these teams as well. I like the way they, they do it. It's the only thing, actually, that I like about the playoff, as quote-unquote playoff as it exists right now is the way they've chosen to done the rankings. The, if you remember in the BCS area and those garbage computer, you know, spit out, a, you know, some quantifiable sum. I hate all of that. Just let some people who know a little bit get together and have an open, ominous conversation and give me four teams, okay? Better yet, give me 12 teams. You morons, not you morons, the ranking people, they're fine. The people who run this thing. But uh, in any case, give me four teams and and we can see where we're at from there. Because I think Ohio State's going to be higher than four when those rankings come out. I really do. I think Ohio State's looked as good as absolutely anybody. And by the way, they were talking about the Big Ten being down. How about a uh, 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 three of the top six teams being Big Ten teams? Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Three of the top seven, excuse me, top seven. All seven of the top seven teams, goose eggs in the loss column. They're all 6-0. and Bama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Penn State. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good group right there. Penn State and Wisconsin are supposed to have down years, and they are absolutely they're not just winning, they're dominating. They're crushing teams. Love it. Week eight. College football. It's a beautiful thing. Boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.